We're Climb Marketing, and you're listening to the Crux Podcast. Welcome back to The Crux, the monthly podcast where we navigate through digital marketing strategies and trends. I'm David Olteen, and we've got a full house today. I'm joined by a director of organic search, Taylor Cauldron, digital marketing strategist, Celeste Huffman, and digital advertising strategist, Riley Duncan. Yo. Hi. Thanks for having us, David. Yeah. So we're on the verge of wrapping up 2020 here. So we wanted to dedicate this episode to looking ahead to 2021 and some of our expectations and predictions for digital marketing priorities and changes in the coming year. But before we do that, we wanted to take a look back at 2020 and some of the digital marketing trends that made waves this past year. So obviously we have a global pandemic that's kind of defined 2020 and it's created this mandatory shift toward a digital first mindset, even for some of the slower adopters. So again, at Climb, we work in the B2B space where you see a lot of golf course deals and in-person sales activities and trade shows. And 2020 obviously paved a way for this huge, never foreseen digital shift where almost all sales activities have now gone online or digital. Uh, and you're really seeing more screen time than ever for your, your average internet user, right? So what comes to your guys' minds when you think about 2020 and the year in review? Yeah, so I'll start off and just say, like, I think for us in the digital marketing world, um, we kind of saw this shift towards digital kind of happening kind of on the horizon for a while. Every year, more and more people um, starting to shift more digital, but this pandemic just accelerated that um, so quickly. And so it all kind of happened this year, and we're kind of in the midst of it right now. Um, and so that was kind of the big thing was that, you know, all of these things we've been hearing about of, you know, more companies needing to have presence online um, and, and more sales activities being done online happened so quickly. And so um, the pandemic has really accelerated a lot of that. And so I think we've seen, you know, this necessary shift where, you know, people weren't able to do these in-person events. So on the digital advertising side um, and really the whole digital marketing side, a lot of that budget and time and energy um, was able to be devoted to uh, digital activities. And so um, it was just a huge year um, and we saw a lot of changes in, in a short amount of time. Right. And then rather than any, you know, trade shows or conferences, we're seeing, you know, digital replacements for those types of events. Same things with like sales demos, right? Or, or sales in general, right? It's really all shifted to this digital format. And I think for a lot of brands, it was tough, right? It was a quick kind of trial by fire implementation for those types of things. Um, I think for others that were already pretty digitally savvy, it's been a little bit of a smoother transition. But I think as we think about the year ahead, you know, the pandemic's still looming large, this is probably going to be a continued focus. And for some brands, they're probably still trying to adapt to the new reality of COVID. Um, but beyond the pandemic and this this radical shift we've had this year, what were some of your big takeaways in, in 2020 besides TikTok and Tiger King? <laughs> yeah, so one thing I'll chime in with is obviously Google's focus on expertise, authority, and trust um, has been kind of continuously heightened, uh, you know, throughout this year. And they've been pretty vague about what sort of specific factors, uh, you know, their ranking algorithms or whatever are looking at. And I know a lot of it is driven by AI that's been trained by, you know, actual humans reviewing websites and stuff like that. So, of course, it's it's going to be a little bit vague. But more than ever, it seems like high quality content that has meaningful citations, you know, in it or associated with it, uh, you know, having a lot of transparency on the website about who is running it and what the editorial policies are and things like that. 
you know, the focus on that this year has been enormous. And we've seen very tangible results from companies that have like really bought into this idea of having their website, you know, resonate with um, these concepts of expertise, authority and trust. So at least from a purely organic perspective, that seems to be maybe the biggest thing. Obviously, there have been some other changes, you know, things related to changes on either the SERPs, uh, you know, in terms of what's being included on the SERPs, like, uh, you know, video results or whatever. Um, as well as, you know, some of the natural language processing technology that Google's sort of rolled in. But I think the biggest thing in my mind has got to be um, EAT, Expertise, Authority, and Trust. Absolutely. And and on the ad side, um, Riley, any takeaways from 2020 for you? I think that the questions of data and privacy um, and cookies all really came to the forefront. And, and so those are still questions that are continuing to be answered, but more and more, um, you know, that is becoming an issue of, of what are, you know, what is an advertiser's right to uh, some amount of data? What is, you know, a person's right to their own privacy while they're searching um, and while they're browsing websites? And so, you know, from things going back a few years to GDPR um, to this year with CCPA being implemented, um, as well as just a lot of these questions coming up for 2021, 2022, what's going to happen with cookies, you know, third party cookies being phased out. And, and we've had, uh, you know, big brands, Google and Facebook already have to announce plans for, you know, how are they going to treat some of this? And, and with Google, you know, they've announced Google Analytics 4 and Facebook has also announced some analytics as well, where in, in the coming years, they may actually have to do some modeling to kind of fill in some of the data um, that they're no longer able to get, um, you know, by tracking people through the web. So um, I think those questions are, are still ones that are going to be solved, but there's a lot of attention right now around those. And, and from the advertising side, um, you know, how that's going to play out. Um, I, I think they're worthy questions to be asked, um, you know, who has a right to what data, uh, but it's definitely having a big impact across the industry. Right, right. And I'm sure we're going to expect more of that in 2021 as that, that Google Chrome deadline for third-party cookies comes up in 2022, right? Um, but yeah, beyond that to 2020, one of the things that really stood out to me, obviously you had this horrific death of George Floyd and the huge push for diversity that came after that. And I think for brands and, and companies, that was a real wake-up call about inclusivity and authenticity about your core values, right? Um, I think we can expect to see more of that in, in the years to come, right? There's more transparency than ever into, into brand messaging and brand statements. And I think the expectation has is, is really been amplified for brands to be authentic about what they stand for and, and, and what core values they stand for. So I think we can probably expect some more of that to, as we move forward into future years as well. Um, and that's really just a byproduct of you know how interconnected everyone, consumers and brands are on, on the web today. But looking beyond 2020 and looking ahead, we're a few weeks away now from 2021. Um, obviously, the pandemic's still looming large, and that's going to be a focus. But what are some, what do you guys expect or predict for what's to come ahead in 2021? Or, or what would you be doing as a, as a marketing manager right now to kind of forecast for the year ahead? Yeah, so I think one thing I would be doing is figuring out our sort of video plays right now. Because you, you ultimately, you still have, you know, salespeople at your company, but they're now doing all of their sales over either video calls, they're doing it over webinars, you know, maybe the recording videos that are hosted on your website or on a YouTube channel. Um, and, you know, both the quality of 
the videos themselves as well as the ability of your salespeople to present in a video format could make or break you compared to your competitors. And so I think a lot of companies are going to be looking at, okay, do we have you know, high quality webcams distributed amongst our sales staff and our marketing staff? Do we have a plan for either a Vimeo channel or a YouTube channel or something like that? Do we have company-wide standards set for, you know, webinars and video conferencing? You know, this is going to become, uh, you know, maybe the most important way that people interact with potential customers. And so I think companies are going to be taking that a lot more seriously than they have in the past. Right. And and I I said TikTok jokingly as a 2020 trend, even though it was probably the biggest trend of 2020 in, in the digital marketing space or one of them for sure. But I think if there is any reality about TikTok or any relevance for, from TikTok for B2B companies, it's that short form videos are really becoming increasingly popular on the web, right? And it's not just TikTok, Instagram adopted Reels as well. And you're seeing some other platforms have shades of those Reels or stories as well. Um, so I think short form videos in particular, it's becoming kind of the new reality is that's one of the most popular ways to consume media on the on the web, right? So. I said TikTok jokingly. I don't. I don't anticipate any of our clients advertising on TikTok anytime soon, or even having a presence on TikTok anytime soon. But I think it does kind of foreshadow what's coming with with short form video content. So maybe we'll see some more of that with with companies and maybe even B two B brands. Um, but I don't know if anyone's going to be posting any dance loops among our clients anytime soon. But yeah, I mean, just just thinking about it in the most tangible way, if you have a business that relies on giving demos of your product, you know, whether you normally do that either at a trade show or one on one with potential customers, you likely can't do that right now. Um, and it's going to be at least a handful of months before you can again. And you have to think, you know, this might not be the last time in the near future that we're in a situation like this. You know, there can be other sort of global uh, or national situations that would prevent your customers from seeing your product in person. And so I think a lot of companies are going to be starting to think, okay, how else can we demo our products when people can't physically be there? And I mean, obviously video right. is the answer. And I think it's different in 2021 than 2020 because we know that the pandemic is here, right? And really marketing management should be budgeting, with anticipating that there's probably not going to be any in-person sales activity or really limited in-person sales activity in Q1 and Q2. Maybe Q3 and Q4, you're still considering trade shows or expos or involvement in in-person sales activity. But I think right now it's a little different than 2020 because you know the reality of, of doing business today, right? So I'd hope that marketing managers are really investing heavily in things you're talking about, Taylor, like virtual sales meetings or demos, um, those types of you know sales activities. But um, I don't know what Q3 and Q4, maybe you'd still want to allot some expectation that you're going to participate in trade shows or conferences or whatever it might be. But as of right now, you, you have to expect that most brands are investing pretty heavily in, in the digital space. Yeah, absolutely, David. I think that's a the great a great point about you know 2020. There was kind of this unexpected uh, pandemic that hit that made people pivot. Now we actually have you know some information where we can kind of anticipate and plan for what this next year will look like. Um, and so one of the ideas that I've heard that I really like is you know maybe setting some of that marketing budget that would usually go towards events, trade shows, conferences. Um, as like a little bit of uh, a fluid budget where you can run some different tests, run some different experiments, try different advertising channels, try different mediums, um, and just try a few different things to see if there's something that you know you haven't been able to get the buy-in before 
to try out this initiative that might be a successful marketing uh, avenue for your company. Uh, but now that you have this budget freed up, um, it's a good chance to, to try something new um, and see if you can connect with your customers in a different way. And, and really, as we've been talking about, it might be kind of necessary because even consumers are changing their habits. Um, and, and so to really compete and to win in this kind of climate, I think the, the people that are able to adapt, try those new platforms and find the one that work for them are going to be the ones who are able to do that. Right. But I think the challenge that comes with that is that every brand is now considering like their digital presence, right? So I think all brands are probably vying and lobbying for digital attention of consumers at this point. Because um, to your point, I think screen time is up for just about everybody. I just got my screen time report from this last week on my iPhone, and it was something like four hours a day, and I was kind of astonished and embarrassed at the same time. But I think it- I think everyone like. <laughs> says whatever the, whatever that you say your screen time is you can usually tack on <laughs> right. hours. so i'm gonna just yeah, say just that it's probably, that, you know, right i'm yeah, glued to the thing because i got nothing else to do right but i think that saturation like the saturation of the digital marketing space in general right and the web it's it's going to be tricky for brands to kind of cut through the noise yeah it, it's going to be hard to stand out but i think um you know it's going to be it's going to be one of these things where you really have to be able to communicate so clearly with your customer to really persuade them. It is going to be a higher bar. Um, it's not enough to just say, this is what we do, but you know, here's what we do. Here's why it's better than our competitors. Here's who we are. Um, you know, going back to kind of some of the core values, which could, could play a part as well. So I think communication, you know, through these marketing channels is going to be a, a, a you know, a, a big factor in terms of kind of who is able to cut through that noise. But but I agree. Um, it seems like more and more brands are going to be competing. Um, and so that may mean it's more expensive to play in this space, but there are also more eyeballs there. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, I agree, Riley. Um, I think just having the market and more competitors in the online space and um, having that saturation of market, even for brands that might be more, um, you know, niche products or um, brands or services, um, you know, it, it is important to stand out. And um, that obviously comes more onto the digital side. So your website, having um, easy navigation, being able to find something, representing your brand on there, um, you know, making it easier to find services or online quotes or, you know, something that maybe you relied on in-person sales is now actually going to be online. So, um, a way to do that would be just using data. So analytics and data is going to be extremely important. Um, tracking on what users are actually doing online um, on your website if they're finding things, you know, easily. Do you need to add like a search bar? Um, you know, just finding what your users need and want and um, how you can portray that that would be better, um, ideally, than your competitors. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's really about, you know, making it easy for your potential customers to get the info they need and, and to put your best foot forward. So uh, I agree with you using any kind of data you have to try and reach those people and just, yeah, make it easy for them to understand who you are and what you do. Um, and, and that would be a great suggestion for, for really any brand here in 2021. Right. And I think we, it seems like every episode, we just stress the importance of having a solid tracking plan in place, right? Especially for your website, but on the same token, like for your digital advertising channels, right? Um, but 
especially this year, if you're investing heavier than ever into digital marketing, if you don't have a tracking plan in place right now, that's already kind of spells recipe for disaster, right? Because you really need to justify that that extra money you're going to shift toward digital. Um, so I think having a tracking plan in place, not only to accommodate you know your your typical contact forms or request a quote forms, but any new kind of sales activities that you might be adding to like your digital experience. So if you're adding demo requests or you know webinars or something along those lines, really tracking the efficacy of those, I think might be a little new this year. But you know it's not it's important for any year, but especially this year when with more digital investment to really have that solid tracking plan in place. So I think. I hope now's the time that, that marketing teams are kind of getting that together and making sure they have a, a good understanding of, of their kind of their comprehensive digital marketing campaigns. Um, but looking specifically at, at some SEO trends, Taylor, I know you and I have discussed it a little bit, but what are you kind of expecting in, in 2021 on the SEO front? I would say obviously the biggest thing is going to be Core Web Vitals. Uh, you know, that's going to be rolling out in May of 2021. My expectation is that it will either have very little impact at first or it things will just be in complete chaos, just complete pandemonium as a result, uh, and probably nowhere in between. But I think that'll be the big the big theme of the year um, more than anything. And, you know, going with that, I think we'll see a huge sort of push for adoption of just new file formats. Like, I know I always talk about WebP, uh, which is Google's image file format that's, like, so much more efficient than JPEG and everything like that. I think people thinking about things like that is going to become a core part of SEO. You know, obviously like the, the, the foci of SEO, so to speak, seems to change every five years or so. And I think for the next five years, at least on a more technical um, level, people are going to be looking a lot more at things like file formats. Um, but that's just my, my vague prediction. Right. And I know we have, you know, some evolution in, in certain technical aspects of SEO, but I think at the same time, like at the same time it's really the recipe is kind of the same it's still really a tech-centric kind of practice you know it's still in my opinion really focused on content strategy first and foremost so i think it's kind of shades of, of the same recipe we've seen for years but to your point core web vitals is this really they google really telegraphed that update in advance so it's clear that it's a priority for them whether or not it will be reflected as a huge priority in the search rankings kind of remains to be seen but I think that's a big push. I think, too, this has been kind of a, a trend for a decade or so now, but there's this continued push towards zero-click SERPs, right, or zero-click searches, where you have Google essentially answering queries or, or satisfying search intent just within the, the search results themselves. So no one's really getting a click. No one's really getting a cut of that traffic. Drives SEOs insane. I know all the time you see SEOs and digital marketers continue to complain about this zero-click SERP movement. But you know there are more SERP features than ever on on search results on Google, I don't see that going away. And it really is from a user standpoint, it does really seem to satisfy users because they're they're able to get their answer or their, you know, their query satisfied quicker than clicking on an actual website. So I'd expect that you know marketers are gonna have to continue to reckon with that, right? So we'll see how that shades out. But there is it seems like there's been some lawsuits against Google. So maybe there will be changes with that, but as of right now, it seems like the zero-click SERP movement is still really prevalent. Um, but beyond that, I think, Taylor, you, you and I have talked about this. We always see these voice search, like huge pushes that, the, you know, next year's SEO trends, what to expect. Voice search has been up there for like five years now. It's like 
And every year I read it, and it's almost the same bullet. Like, more households than ever have Alexa, or more households than ever have some sort of voice search uh, technology. How how are marketers going to respond to that? And I think for us in the B2B space, it's we're not, because it's not really entirely relevant to a lot of brands. Really, voice search, I think, is so centered on either like local businesses that really are trying to satisfy like direction requests or maybe e-commerce experiences, right? And especially in the Alexa case, like especially if you're on Amazon, maybe where you're trying to satisfy like e-commerce queries. But for the average service or B2B brand, voice search does not have a ton of relevance. And yet we see these lists that act like it's like this reckoning that all digital marketers have to deal with. But Yeah, it's kind of silly. I mean, there are, there are some some niche situations where I think it will start to become important. Like, I don't know, like if you're like a bank and you need to have ATM locations like readily available to people, like then yeah, maybe care about voice search or if you sell movie tickets, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, for B2B, it's not just even in the next five years. I don't think it'll be an important thing 10 years from now. I'll even go that far (laughs) to say, like people aren't gonna be searching for B2B stuff with voice search anytime soon. I just don't see it. I get that it's an evolving trend and it's a difference in user behavior than we've seen in the past, but it's just not, it's sometimes it's thrown around as like this, this must have for every single brand. And it's really not the case in our experience. And I think with a lot of other brands and clients as well. So we'll see what happens on voice search, but I wouldn't put too much stock into it as a B2B brand, but that's just me. Um, but shifting gears and looking at some of like the digital advertising trends, Riley and Celeste, what are you guys thinking as far as what's to come next year for, for digital advertising? Yeah, so I think in 2021, um, there's a couple things that are going to be really interesting as it uh, pertains to digital advertising. Uh, the first of which is that, you know, advertisers are kind of getting less control than, than previously. Google is making a push um, towards more automated systems like automated bidding. Um, those systems are actually becoming a lot more effective. Um, and so in a lot of cases, um, you know, they're able to show good results from those types of automated systems. Um, and then Google's also kind of giving less data. So um, a few months ago, they announced that search query data would be limited for Google Ads accounts. And so now um, as advertisers, we have less search query data to show on. So um there is kind of this continuing trend to automation, and I think that it's going to be really important for digital advertisers to make sure that they have good data and good inputs to kind of guide those systems in the right direction, but that there is going to be a little bit of this loss of control um, where, you know, like we've kind of seen with paid social platforms for the past few years, you set your targeting and then um, the system can kind of optimize for who's most likely to buy, uh, that even things like paid search are going to be a little bit more in that direction as kind of Google moves that way. Celeste, anything to add there? Yeah, I think, um, you know, just like talking before earlier about the digital marketing as a whole and how um, the, how everything is so saturated, now everything is through advertising. So basically people are getting spammed with ads constantly, um, you know, whether that be in their inbox, their email, their Um, you know, online, they type in something and it comes back and, you know, they're constantly seeing the same ads. So I think um, for an advertising strategy, it's definitely going to be more personal and try to personalize it towards those users um, and also personalize your brand. So um, depending on what type of brand that you have, like making it more, um, you know, whether it's like put some emotion in it, um, you know, grab someone's attention 
um, rather than just, you know, putting information or just like a broad ad out there more targeted. Absolutely. I would agree. And and then kind of the only other thing I would add with, with here, these, these trends is that we're seeing, you know, we know that third party cookies are going away. Um, advertising on some of these channels, even like Facebook might become less effective um, just as people have less data to optimize with. So it feels to me like we're almost kind of returning to a point where, um, you know, paid search makes a lot of sense because people are always going to be typing in keywords and that's going to give you some hints about what they're really looking for. Um, and then also, um, you know, in the B2B space, LinkedIn is becoming a more enticing option. Uh, we've seen lots of advertisers come to LinkedIn here in Q3 and Q4 of 2020 because that's a place where people willingly, voluntarily tell you what their job title is, kind of how much experience they have. And looking from a B2B perspective, that's a lot of the data that you want to have to know who to advertise off of. Um, and so without cookies, um, LinkedIn and then the keyword become even more important. So I wouldn't be surprised to see more and more brands kind of continue to trend towards those two channels here in the upcoming year. So beyond SEO and digital advertising, are there any other additional trends that you guys expect for the following year? I think, Celeste, you made a great point about personalization. I think because you know this space is so saturated now, I think marketing automation is becoming a little bit more of a norm where you're seeing more personalized emails and kind of more direct and, and authentic you know, emails about where someone is in, in a sales funnel or in a marketing funnel. And you're seeing a little bit more personalization and control over how you, your email marketing is targeting individuals. Um, but beyond that, uh, what other expectations do you guys have for 2021? Yeah, I think, um, you know, going from a personalization standpoint, a lot of um, companies and brands are going towards, you know, chat box and messenger and being able to connect with their, um, their users or buyers um, out there. And I think, you know, yes, AI is getting great with that. There's robots out there that are able to actually have a conversation with you and you're not sure if it's a robot or a person. <laughs> However, um, it is better if there's a person on the other line because no one hates, you know, calling into a bank or something like that and having to talk to a robot and you actually just want to talk to a person. <laughs> so um, I think that goes for online too because if you are making a really big purchase or um, you want more information that maybe a form doesn't give you. Um, I think it's great to actually talk to a person, get that personalization, um, especially, you know, during the pandemic, people might want to actually talk to somebody because they're used to going into a, a brick and mortar, um, going into um, a place and having trust with that salesperson. Um, so now being able to get it online quickly, um, I think is a great avenue that a lot of brands should go into, especially if they want to be, you know, more unique and more personalized. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, a one way to help kind of replace that that void in, in sales activity, right? So yeah, I think that's going to be it, unless anybody has any other big 2021 trends or expectations. But I think for us, it's it's kind of more of the same. You know, there's a few channels that have evolved a little bit, but all in all, I think it's really rooted in kind of the same principles that we saw for 2020 and even years prior, just, you know, strong, having a strong website presence, having, you know, campaigns firing on multiple channels and trying to reach your audience in different places. Um, so I think the recipe is kind of the same. The focus is just going to be a little bit more intense now that we have a, a raging pandemic, keeping everyone indoors 
all hours of every day. So, but yeah, um, that's going to be it for today's episode. If anyone has any predictions or ideas of your own about what's to come in 2021 for the digital marketing industry, you can email us at the crux at climbmarketing.com. If you would mind subscribing to the Crux Podcast on your favorite platform or leaving us a review and letting us know what you think, uh, you can find us at Climb Marketing on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, and we'll always post our latest updates and, and our other blogs as well. So thanks for listening to the Crux. We'll be back in 2021. Sorry, I just realized I was muted.